In just a few short days from this very recording, it will be Christmas, and the season will be coming to a close, the year will be coming to a close, and there will be a lot of things to go over. However, this episode, focus on the season of Christmas, the, the, the meaning of Christmas, the joys of Christmas, end of the holiday season, end of the new year. That is shortly coming around the corner, but we also have our, you know, dreaded of politics. We have the Republican tax plan that was passed, the Democrats' criticisms against it, other people's criticisms against it, and the my criticisms against it. Because, well, let's face it, it's not tax reform. There's also a stink over things that UN U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, has stated over a recent vote to condemn the U.S. for recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and we'll talk a little bit about that, too. So expect all this and a little more coming up, including spoiler-free Star Wars Last Jedi talk and a little bit about Star Wars towards the beginning of the program. So get ready and tighten your seatbelts, guys, and enjoy the festive music provided royalty-free from Kevin McLeod... This title is Wish Background, and this is from Incompetech.com. Get ready, tighten your seatbelts, because this is FritzCast. It is Friday, December 22nd, 2017, and how are you all doing, I think? I'm not entirely sure. I have to look at the calendar before I make this statement. I really should do this stuff. So, uh, no, yeah, the 29th will be the next episode on a Friday. And then I think the next episode after that will be Friday the 5th. And then I'm looking to move back to Mondays. I might keep it Friday. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. It's that, that decision has not been made yet. It is up in the air, as they say. But it is, uh, it's filtering in the brain, so to speak. How are y'all doing? It's, uh, it's been, um, a, a little bit of a busy week for me. It's been cold here in Delaware. Um, we've had snow randomly, periodically almost. Nothing devastating, nothing blizzard-like, nothing to bury you, and nothing to drive you to the store to buy bread, milk, and eggs, which is, uh, the, oh my god, it's gonna snow disaster pack starter kit, and despite the fact that the snow hasn't been that way, that's exactly what people have done. They have just, they have, uh, they go off to the store in droves when they say it's going to snow, even five inches of snow. As soon as snow starts falling, everybody becomes a, a paralyzed driver. They just, they can't handle it. They don't want to handle it. They, they, they believe that nobody should be on the road, so they go two miles an hour, and accidents get caused because people are, you know, jerk-offs. It's, it's a lovely thing. Not really. Same thing with this, this cold weather. I don't like the cold. Look, I don't mind the cold. I'll, I'll qualify that. I don't mind the cold because I hate when it's too hot or too muggy or too unbearable. I hate that. And if I hate that... I shouldn't hate the cold, but if it's bitter cold and there's no snow around, 
I, that's the worst. That's probably most people's living hells. And if there is a God, and there is a hell, and a special place in hell for people who hate super cold, I think that's what it is. I don't think it's hellfire and brimstone. I think it's ice. I, I think it's bitter cold that burns the skin, but there's no snow. There's nothing to make it enjoyable whatsoever. So that is, you know, that's that's my picture of hell for some people. I also, this past week, I don't know why it took me this long, but I came to the stunning realization that I hate Christmas shopping. I really do. This year, I am, okay, I, I married my wife back in 2010, so it's been seven years of marriage. It's been seven years, and I can't believe that sometimes. Sometimes I'm literally like, no, wait, I was just literally 19, 20 years old, right? That that literally, that was just the other day, right? No, I'm 28, can you believe that? Um, Seven years of marriage, and this Christmas, at least for, for a bit leading up to it, and it was probably because of stress and doing too much stuff, and and being sidetracked by other things, life in general, I sat th- I sat down for a good while, and I was like, "What do I get her for Christmas? What do I what do What do you get somebody for Christmas? What do you get your wife for Christmas after seven years of of marriage?" And it's funny because I say that, and then like I have my my older sister, not my oldest sister, who I mean, her too. Both my sisters, all the three of my sisters, three out of four, have been married for a while now, and and the other one's getting married, and the other one is you know passed away unfortunately, um, but it's it's weird because they've been together for you know just as long or longer than my you know seven year period I'm definitely on the on the lower end of the spectrum and my brother's been married for a while too and I'm sure maybe they go through this too uh maybe I should talk to them maybe maybe I should communicate with my family I don't know I I really don't know my one sister does listen to (laughs) my show regularly my brother listens to my show regularly so Guys, send me a ten text message about this, but I beated my head over like what like what am I gonna get my wife for Christmas? What 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 would she want? What she what what would be worthy? What would be a good Christmas gift? And it's weird because they said everybody says that about me. Everybody says that about me. And I am the most simplest if it's Star Wars, if it's Philadelphia Eagles, if it's Funko Pops just buy it for me and I'll be I'll be freaking ecstatic. I'll be like, "Yay, Funko Pop bobblehead." And I put it right here in my office, sitting in my windowsill. I have all my Funko Pops. All right, most of them I got for Christmas, but some of them have just been random gifts from, you know, my wife anyway. I have Chewbacca from The Force Awakens. I have BB-8 from The Force Awakens. I have Poe Dameron from The Force Awakens. I have the 12th Doctor from Doctor Who playing a guitar who is the oddball, and I'll explain in a minute. I have K2SO, the robot, from Rogue One. I have Jin Erso from Rogue One. I have Baze Malbus. He was the Chinese guy, the big hulking dude with the gun in Rogue One. And I have Chirrut Amui, the blind Jedi-like character from Rogue One. 
So yeah, it's all Star Wars, and then the Twelfth Doctor has brought the TARDIS over, and he's visiting. Quite, quite literally, I th- any idiot could have figured that out. Duh. But I'm stupid simple, and and uh, throwing a third thing out there, Legos. And you know what? I'm just I'm a big nerd anyway. Nerds are, are the easiest people to shop for. I we, it, it can't get more com it can't get less complicated than that. Like, oh, I have a friend, he's a nerd. Oh, I'm just going to give him a Best Buy credit card. Or gift card. Whatever. You know, here, Merry Christmas. Oh, yay, Best Buy, woo! But that's, I mean, that's literally... I'm so stupid, simple to shop for. And then my wife, I'm like, uh... You know, last year, I got her every Harry Potter on Blu-ray. I mean, the year before that, I bought her an entire book set of Harry Potter. Because... She loves Harry Potter, you know? Okay, fine. Here's the entire book set. Oh, I want all the movies. Okay, well, they had special edition Blu-ray movies with, with fancy covers and all that, like, limited edition bullcrap, okay? I bought each movie individually. I could have bought a Blu-ray box set. She didn't want the box set. She wanted each individual one because it had fancy foil wrapping crap that goes over the Blu-ray. Okay, and came with, you know, the digital copy. Everything comes with digital copies, so you can get it on Vudu or whatever your online digital preference medium be. All right? I bought all of these stuff. All right? And we, you know, her aunt allows us to use her Amazon Prime account for the holiday season. Stuff like that. So, I put the, I piled this all, all on her list last year. And then her aunt, she works with her aunt was pressuring her to put money in for something last year. Right around this time. And, it was, I mean, it was literally, it was freaking Christmas time. And she knows we use the account, and, and she knows that we're buying Christmas gifts for each other and all that. And she's pressuring my wife to, you know, buy into something or put money into something. And my wife literally said, like, look, look, money's a little tight um, right now. And I just can't, you know, I can't do this fun thing right now. I can't. And her aunt blurted out, you just bought every Harry Potter movie. What are you talking about? You don't have money. And she was like, uh, excuse me? And it struck her aunt in the head that, you know, oh, crap. Fritz must have got those for her for Christmas. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I had an entire scavenger hunt planned for each movie. So she, and I I was going to label them one through, you know, I, I think it's, seven of them or eight of them, I was going to label them all out, and I was going to scavenger hunt around our tiny, teeny house and make it fun, and then after I hear that she she freaking blabbed about it, I was like, why, why even wrap them? Why, why even wrap them? You know. You know what they are. You know what they are. Why even wrap them? You already know what you're getting. It's ruined. Christmas is ruined. Way to go. So, I had Tracy tell her. Did I just give away my wife's name? Is that the first time I've said her name on the program? Oh, well, I don't care. It's Tracy. You don't know my last name. <laughs> Whatever. She told her aunt this year, she was like, okay, we're ordering stuff off of Amazon now, and it's Christmas time, so if you see stuff in the orders, pending and all that, that's getting shipped to us, you might want to keep your big flap shut. You just might want to do that. You might want to not... Ruin Christmas for once, all right? You're a mean one, Mrs. Grinch. That's that's my preference, though. My preference is to do this shopping online because I went to the mall this past week, which might have been a dumb idea. 
some people were warning me against their like, do not go to the mall. It's the Christiana Mall. It's like the mall in Delaware. There, there's other malls down south for the down south folk. There's a fake mall that we call the Concord Mall, which it, it's not even a mall. It's just a shopping center. Christiana Mall is an actual factual mall, and it's Delaware's pride and joy uh, because, you know, Delaware draws in the tri-state area. We can get people from PA, from New Jersey, from Maryland coming to the Christiana Mall because it's maybe a 30 or 40-minute drive, and they'll come here and do all the tax-free shopping that they can because it's Delaware. We're tax-free shopping. Woohoo! We have higher income taxes. It doesn't really balance out. It kind of sucks. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because we're going to talk about taxes later. Not having a sales tax and having higher income taxes, higher property taxes, and all this jazz isn't all it's cut out to be. And I mean, we don't even have higher property taxes in terms of like Jersey has terrible property taxes. But our income tax here in Delaware is pretty, pretty crappy. And I always end up owing them 20 bucks anyway because apparently they can't calculate. So you you figure it out, all right? I, I can't. So I went to the Christiana Mall, and I walked around all the different stores. And I only walked out with one thing. I only walked out with one thing. And I was feeling down and out. I was like, I am not, I'm, I am sucking on the Christmas front. I am really just doing terrible <laughs> at this. Came home, went back on Amazon, really got my creative juices flowing, and I think I got her some pretty boss Christmas presents this year. We'll see how it works out. I'm obviously not going to dive into and talk about what I got her because th- you know, this is the one time that she'll jump ahead of being behind and listen just to see if I gave it away. And <laughs> I'm not giving it away. She begged me to open a Christmas present this morning, and I was like, no. I was like, it is the 22nd. Uh, I think you can go three more days. I I think you can do it. I definitely can. Here's the thing. She hates surprises. She hates, she loathes surprises, especially if she knows it's coming. So like Christmas, she wants to open presents. She wants to see what she got. She wants to see what I bought her. All right, she hates waiting. She hates surprises. Me, I love it. I'm like, I can't wait till Christmas Day. I can't wait to see what I got. And I wait the entire time. I have shaken off the, the the kid in me. For the longest time, growing up at Christmas time, I, I swear, as a kid, every Christmas would come, I could never go to bed on Christmas Eve. Ever. I would go up into the room and I would be far too excited to, to go to sleep. I would stay awake and watch... I think it's TBS. TBS does 24 hours of a Christmas story, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And it's been doing that forever. It's been doing that forever. For my entire existence, at least. Because I remember sitting up in my room with my little TV-VHS combo. And I'm talking back when these were like little honking, bulking TVs and they had built-in handles on the top, okay? I had one of those in my bedroom. And I, you know, it was probably like, what, a, a 12-inch screen, if that. But... I had a tape of a Christmas story, but if it was on TV, I had cable line up there so I could, you know, just turn it on. So I would turn on TBS and just watch a Christmas story like all night long because I knew I, I didn't have it factored. I wasn't the smart kid. I didn't have it factored down to, okay, 
after I watch it four times or five times, it'll only be like an hour until Christmas or something like that. I didn't have it factored out like that. It was just, you know, it passed my time and just, you know, play it on a loop. I, and I swear to God, I'm not lying, would not go to sleep, would not sleep one minute. Would actually get to Christmas, go downstairs, be excited. Uh, family tradition for us was to have a box of donuts because my mom was like, I am not making breakfast for y'all because it's too much. Here's a box of donuts. We're being lazy today. So go down, have a donut, start opening your presents, uh, play with your presents, take a nap. That's exactly how the process worked. Now, I shook out of that. I don't stay up all night. Maybe it's because I'm 28. Maybe it's because I work midnight, uh, four to midnights now, and or you know maybe it's just because I'm an adult. I don't know, but it you know it is what it is. But growing up, that's how it worked every Christmas Eve. So like you can't torture me. You you, you can't get me in such a way that uh, that that you can't spoil it for me. All right, telling me you're gonna tell, t- telling me you're gonna tell me what you got me irks me and I'll do whatever you want me to do at that point because I don't want to know. I want to wait till Christmas. So my wife gets me on that. I get her on the fact that <laughs> I she'll ask me. She asked me weeks ago, what did you give me for Christmas? And I was like, uh, I'm not telling you. And I didn't tell her because at that point I didn't get anything for her. Apparently she's been shopping for me since like October. And I'm like, oh crap. I need to get on this. So no thanks to crowded malls uh, human peoples and all that jazz. Thanks to like Amazon creativity and paying attention to other little things that she likes. I'm pretty sure I got some boss Christmas presents for her. We'll see. We'll see what I got. This is great. Isn't Christmas great? The the time of gifts and giving and, uh, also receiving, but mostly, mostly just the giving part, but also receiving, but, but mostly the joy of giving, but there is some joy. Receiving. Uh, that being said, what what else did I say? Oh yes, yeah, Star Wars. Okay, so this is completely my talking about Star Wars from from this moment on is spoiler free. AKA, if you haven't seen the Last Jedi, this isn't going to ruin anything for you. This is just me and my opinion. Now, if you want a spoiler filled, frantic. Uh, in-depth writing on it, uh, it, there might be a place like where I post a blog at fritzcast.wordpress.com where you can actually read a spoiler-filled review of The Last Jedi from me. Okay? Now, I don't claim to be the most die-hard Star Wars fan out there because I haven't read every Expanded Universe novel and I was not born in the 70s. Okay? Okay? I was born in 1989. I was raised on Star Wars. I've seen... I saw all the original trilogy and fell in love with them as a kid. Okay? And also growing up as a kid, there was the prequel trilogy. All right? I was still very much a kid when Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace came out. So, I do like that one. I don't like Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And Episode Three redeemed the prequel trilogy, which isn't saying much. Because it was pretty, it was pretty poop. All right, it has its moments, but as as far as being great Star Wars films, not 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 so much, not so much. Then the Force Awakens came out, and the Force Awakens was the redemption film. It was the 
oh my god, Star Wars is back, and this is exactly how it should look, and this is exactly how it should be. In my opinion. It's not, not a masterpiece, mind you. And still doesn't outrank the original trilogy. But it was good. It was really, really good. The Last Jedi... Okay, now mind you, The Force Awakens spawned all this, like, for two years, everybody flocked to the internet to talk about who is Snoke and uh, Kylo Ren and who is Rey, who's Rey's parents, what's all this stuff? And there was there was fan theory after fan, fan theory after fan theory, like a, like a spinning wheel. Everybody, the gears were turning and everybody was talking about it. And this went on for two years. Two years of endless speculation and all that and that builds up a lot of anticipation for the film then the trailer dropped and when the trailer dropped everybody went nuts everybody lost their crap because it looked like this was going to be the best Star Wars movie ever made and that set expectations really really high okay if you haven't figured out what I'm doing here I'm building up right the expectations were massive for this. Two years of fans spewing theories back and forth. Expertly crafted trailers to draw audiences in. And then you go and and I saw it twice. Okay? The the long story was that my wife and I ordered the tickets for Friday last week. And her Work's Christmas party came up, and then it snowed its butt off last week. And, like I said, terrible things ensued on the roadways and all that. My wife's Christmas party got canceled. Me and her went and saw it that night, but because we thought she was going to her Christmas party, we ordered tickets for the next morning. So, we ended up going twice, alright? So, after the first viewing, the, the first thing that came to my mind was, that was a long movie. That was the first thing that came to my mind. And that's usually not what pops in my head. Because I like long movies. I like Lord of the Rings. I have all the extended editions. I love movies like Gettysburg that are three hours long. As long as they're done well throughout. And the first thought in my head after The Last Jedi was, Wow, that was a long movie. And it was. I think it was two hours and 40 minutes. If not a tad longer than that. And... um. That was my first impression. There was epic moments. I like I walked out of the theater thinking like there was a lot of epic moments in that spread out. But I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Now when we went and saw it the next morning and finished it, it's like my eyes were open. I caught all this little stuff going on. I loved the progression. I love where the series is going. I love some of the things that they smashed with this film. That being said, there are parts of it that drug, that were drug out. There's a middle section in this film where there's various scenes and various plot lines that just, you could remove them from the movie and it doesn't take away from it. So it makes me wonder who was on the editing floor there and who was doing that. Because there's this storyline that pops up between Finn the former Stormtrooper, now Resistance hero. Him and this girl, Rose, who you'll be introduced to fairly early in the movie, they have this whole plot line that just you don't care about. At least I didn't. I didn't care what they were doing 
I didn't care about the chemistry they were trying to force between them. And the whole side story, I just didn't care for it. It, it, it didn't make sense. And that, that's not saying that in the last film, because this is a trilogy of films and there is going to be a finale, that doesn't mean that the finale won't piece it all together and make me appreciate it more. But it took me two viewings to truly take in everything and appreciate this film, and I give it a solid between 7.5 and, and 8 out of 10. And that's believe where that that's where I believe it stands. And if you go to fritzcast.wordpress.com, you will see my ranking of all the Star Wars films from greatest to least greatest. Or in this case, Saki. And by the way, most 95% of the fan lists that I've seen of Star Wars episodes start with number one, Empire Strikes Back as the best, and Attack of the Clones as the worst. That's almost unanimously agreed upon. But if you want to see where I rank and plot all the other Star Wars films, fritzcast.wordpress.com. Spoilers are in that, but if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you will see my ranking. All right? But if I had to say this, if you're a Star Wars fan, go and you haven't seen it yet, and it hasn't been spoiled for you, go with an open mind, pay close attention to everything. I think you'll walk out appreciating the movie and liking it. That being said, there's a lot of people that don't like it. I don't really care. It's a movie. Get over yourselves. That's something that I can't stand about the Star Wars community, online on Facebook at least anyway, and all these Star Wars groups that I'm a part of. The bickering and the arguing. It is a movie. Alright? It's a movie. People are allowed to have opinions on movies. If you didn't like it, great, that's fine. You didn't like it, you don't have to go online and write the world's biggest declaration of why you thought it was poopy and how you started a petition to have Disney remove it from the official canon. Like, that's you guys are freaking nerds. Get over yourselves. And that's coming from a pretty big freaking nerd. Just saying. And before I uh, filter into the tax talk, I gotta say, uh, just just published now, the Senate actually approved a stopgap spending bill last night, ensuring that there's gonna be no shutdown. Just you know, just days before Christmas, uh, and it was a 66 to 32 vote to approve a roughly four-week continuing resolution which funds the government through January 2019. Or my bad, 2018. Up until January 19th. And so we had 17 Democrats vote for the measure, including several up for re-election, including uh, Senators Joe Donnelly from Indiana, Claire McCaskill from uh, Missouri, who is being is going to have to face off against uh, Austin Peterson, who, if I, if I have time, I might talk a little bit about Austin Peterson, and uh, Joe Manchin. But uh, two Republicans actually defected. Two key Republicans. One of them was, uh, you, can, you can easily guess who one of them was. It was, well, it was this fellow. Senator from Kentucky. The question is, do deficits matter? We often say they do. You'll hear Republicans say they do. And for the last week or two, you've heard from Democrats that they were against cutting taxes because it might add to the deficit. Well, if this is true... Tonight, we'll get a chance to vote on the deficit. Because you see, Congress 
about six years ago put something forward called pay-go budget caps. What does that mean? They were like, they kept seeing the deficit explode, so they put these budget caps. And if we would adhere to them, we would actually get the debt under control. But guess what? Congress has evaded them 29 times. So tonight we will have a bill that will be the 30th time that Congress has evaded their own rules on the debt. Is it any surprise that the debt under George W. Bush went from $5 trillion to $10 trillion? Is it any surprise that under President Obama it went from $10 trillion to $20 trillion? Is it any surprise that the debt continues to rise? No, because both parties are responsible for it. Look, I was all for the tax cut. I think it's good for the country. But I'm also for restraining spending. So we did the tax cut earlier in the week. Now we're going to do a spending bill. We have rules in place. The rules in place say that there are budget caps. So they've got a special little waiver they put in the spending bills because we're now going to exceed those caps. So the question is, are we serious about the debt? Are we serious about adding a million dollars a minute to the debt? That's what happens. We borrow a million dollars a minute. The deficit this year will be over $700 billion. $20 trillion in total. The total debt is bigger than our entire economy. So both sides give lip service to it, and yet both sides want more spending. On the Republican side, this year's request is $80 billion above the caps for military. On the Democrat side, they say, you don't get yours unless we get ours. And yet nobody cares about the debt. So really, the debt's being driven by the GOP wants more military money, but the only way they can get it is giving the Democrats more welfare money. So the interesting thing about this vote is, you've heard the other side of the aisle saying they can't vote for the tax cut because of the debt. If they care about the debt, let's cut spending. This is their chance. This will be a vote on cutting spending. This pay-go budget caps were put in place by the Democrats when they were in the majority in 2010. These are their budget caps. And yet everybody's clamoring to waive them on both sides. Pay-go budget caps. That's, that is, it is a pay-go, and it means pay-as-you-go rule. And it is designed to encourage Congress to offset the cost of any new legislation that increases spending on entitlement program or reduces revenues so it doesn't expand the deficit. Under the rules of pay-go, Congress must pay for such legislation by reducing other entitlement spending or increasing other revenues, a.k.a. cut spending or increase taxes. Pretty cut and dry. However, the limits on PAYGO, however, and this is from the Center on Budget and Pro Policy Priorities.org. Okay? Congress can waive PAYGO for a particular bill with the support of 60 senators in the majority of the House. That This happened to enact Housing and Financial Rescue Legislation of 2008, the Recovery Act of 2009, and the permanent extension of most but not all of the Bush tax cuts at the end of 2012. PAYGO does not apply to discretionary programs, the programs Congress funds each year through the appropriation process. Discretionary funds, discretionary program funds, are limited instead by the annual spending targets set in congressional budget plans and by statutory dollar limits or caps enacted in 2011, continuing through 2021. 
Rand Paul, this I, I constantly go back to people like Rand Paul because, let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, we have a huge deficit. We have a huge debt and a huge deficit. And much as Rand Paul is saying, I believe that it is largely ignored. It is largely passed off as this isn't actually a problem. Uh, we can manage it. Uh, we can do this. We can do that. We can borrow more. We can. We don't have to worry about this right now. And it is causing a problem. It is literally day in and day out passing the debt down the rung of the ladder to the next generation. It's been going on for a while. And this kind of all blew up after, what, 9-11, right? Uh, uh, Clinton left office, right, with a surplus and not a deficit. Is that is that true? Is that the truth? Well, it's kind of misleading because the debt wasn't erased under Clinton at all. Debt was there, and it was far from gone, the debt that the government carries. Deficit-wise, yes, we can talk about he did push through higher taxes, and he did cut spending. And he did, deficit-wise, quote, balance the budget. But how much undertaking, how much debt can you undertake, and how much can you owe? And this is something that I extend to people's personal lives right now. One of the biggest things I took away from high school was economics class taught by uh, Mr. Uh, Edward. I don't do last names because I don't do last names. It's bad. Don't use somebody's last name if they don't want you to use it. Or if you don't know that they want you to use it. But Mr. Ed was great at teaching economics. He was great at teaching things like there is no such thing as a free lunch, Tim Stoffel. And he was very good at teaching the fact that you as a person need to manage your finances in such a way that you don't take on an unbearable amount of debt. And unfortunately, I don't know if you noticed, but we live in a debt society. Uh, I truly believe that right now, people and businesses and companies and corporations, they don't look at you and, and look at the power of your spending dollar. They look at the power of your borrowing power. That's what they look at. They look at the weight of your borrowing power. And it's something that... I learned retrospectively from the time I first had to go and buy a used car from a respectable dealership here in Delaware. When I went to buy that car, I was, uh, I believe, 19 or 20 years old. The car that I had been gifted and drove for the past couple of years, a uh, 2001 uh, Chevrolet Cavalier, yeah, I was I was riding high in a Chevy Cavalier, the most mass-produced, you know, junker car of the 2000s. <laughs> Chevy Cavalier. I actually missed that car a little bit. Just just a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. When I wrecked that car, when I was 20 years old and I went into I believe it was Gamba Corda. I don't even think they exist anymore here. Uh, it was a respectable used car dealership. I bought a 2004 Buick Century for 10 grand. 10 grand, and that was a big deal 
to me. It might have just been under ten grand, maybe nine. It was a big deal to me because that was my first large purchase ever. I had credit cards. I did have a credit card. And I did put a down payment on that card with a credit card, which was, in retrospect, a dumb idea. Why? Because I paid debt. (laughs) I took on debt as a down payment for more debt. That's kind of idiotic, but people do it all the freaking time here. When I took that debt on, the uh, the guy that was drafting up my loan told me, point blank, he said, I'm not, by law, allowed to tell you your credit score, but I can tell you right now, for somebody your age, you keep it up, you'll be able to get whatever you want because your borrowing power will be huge in comparison to where other people your age are right now. That's what he told me. And at that time, if I was a smart kid, I would have said, you know what, that's bad. I should keep that in mind and really stick to my guns. I didn't. I'm paying for it now. I'm getting back on, me and my wife are getting back on the good ground. But it took a windy road of dumb decisions to get there. And the sad part is, this was stuff that was taught to me that if I paid just a little bit closer attention to and tried a little more harder, a little more harder, would have avoided it completely. But this is a debt society, and I believe that it weighs your borrowing power more than the power of your actual cash dollar. What good are you to the car company? Yeah, the car company can sell a car for cash for $30,000. Why does the car company really want to do that when they can get you in a leased vehicle at $300 a month payments and just keep you in it? It's a thing that Kia is doing right now, and I I don't want to badmouth Kia. I mean, but it's something that's working for them. They're pushing their leases, and they're getting people to do it. So that people lease a car, drive it around for three years at $300 a month, and then they guarantee you to keep pretty much the same payment and put you in a brand new year model three years later. Take your car and sell it to somebody. They're making money. They're making money and you don't care because it's $300 a month that you're used to spending. It's insanity in my head. It is just a a little bit of insanity. That being said, you got people like Rand Paul, Mike Lee, who would sit on the floor and say, this is something that we have to control. We can't just keep upping caps and raising debt ceilings and passing the buck and acting like it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, and it, they're not, admittedly, they're not saying that it might go through hard times or it might come to hard decisions about, you know what, we have to cut some things to fund this. We have to cut some things to fund that. You heard Rand Paul right there saying against his own party about increasing military spending. You heard him say it in that clip. But you have these two sides. This side wants this spending. This side wants this spending. And rather than actually finding ways to accommodate, it is just a bickering contest of, you're not getting that unless we get this. And that's how we get to where we are today. 
That being said, the tax cuts did get passed, and tax cuts are coming, but nobody can really tell you the effects of that yet. Nobody can really tell you how that's going to affect your paycheck at home. But the thing about the tax conversations when I have them, when I talk about cutting taxes and all that, I always get those people. And I mean, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion and belief and all that. I'm tired of the people that come out of the woodworks and go, I don't mind paying taxes because I like roads and bridges and schools and yada, yada, yada. Well, last I checked, schools are paid for via property taxes. Like my property taxes fund the local schools. In fact, according to NPR at least, anyway, funding for schools, okay, The balance varies from state to state, but on average, it looks like this. 45% local money, 45% from the state, and 10% federal. Okay, your federal, the federal income tax on your income, what does that fund? Well, various things, all right? Business Insider, article posted back in 2013, national defense number one, nearly 25% of all income taxes go to pay for defense. About 22.5% of income tax revenue goes towards health care programs. The two big expenditures, by the way, Medicare and Medicaid, but additional amounts go towards health research, food safety, public health services, and disease control. Three, income security. The government spends roughly 17% of income tax revenue on various programs that provide money for those in need, including retirement benefits for federal employees, food and nutritional assistance, and supplementary security income. Number four, interest. The debt incurs a substantial amount of interest each year, even at current low interest rates. And this was back in 2013. About 8% of your income tax dollars go toward paying the interest costs annually. Five, veteran benefits, about 4.5% goes to that. Six, education and job training, 3.3%. Seven, law enforcement and immigration, 2%. Natural resources, energy, and environment, 2%. International affairs, 1.7%. Science, space, and technology, just over 1%. That's a breakdown of your federal income taxes. All right? I get your argument about Needing to fund things, for sure. But how much, this is my argument against taxes especially, has always been against income taxes. Not property taxes, not consumption taxes, not sales taxes, not alcohol taxes. (laughs) Okay, and yes, I have argued against sugar taxes. I mean, you can tax the bejesus out of people all you want, and the government does. Income taxes, and this is a good libertarian argument, the income taxes, please tell me how it's anything other than the gun, than, than the government holding a gun to your head saying you're going to pay or you're going to go to jail. All right? Because it is. That's income tax. You worked hard to earn that money, and the government has declared that you are fit to part ways with a percentage of it, period, the end, no debate. You have no say in it. And if you don't pay it, well, have fun not paying your income tax. Just just have fun not paying your income tax. I'm not here saying, let's abolish it all. Let's wipe it all out. There's no point. It, taxation is theft. Okay? I'm not that diehard about it. I'm really not that diehard on it. I am a compromiser. 
I also know that you can't build your way, you can't snap your fingers and be in a libertarian society overnight. That's that's a problem with a lot of diehard libertarians. They think that can just happen overnight. It can't. You have to baby step stuff to get to where you want to go. And the first thing I want is the debt and deficit under control before the rest of the world and America crumbles because it can't sustain it anymore. Which is a distinct possibility. That's the first step. The first step is getting everybody to agree with that. You know what? We can't take on all this debt. We can't let the deficit continue to grow. We can't manage that. It's unmanageable. That's the first step. The next step is to agree that maybe hardworking Americans, especially on the lower end of the spectrum, but just in general, how much right does the government have to arbitrarily bag a hammer and say, all income earners can part ways with this much money and it's ours. Because that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. And that's the big thing about taxes, and that's the big thing that we don't... That's a, that's The big arguments really aren't coming from the philosophies of it. It's coming from the diehard partisan. The lack of of ability to sit down and say, okay, you know what? This has enough money, so we're not going to give it more money. It's fine where it's at. And we're going to reallocate some of this money, and we're going to cut spending here. That's why we get nowhere. That's why we get nowhere, and that's why we're having such weird arguments about it. But anyway, that's all I have to say today. It was, it was mostly a tax. Mostly a tax view. And I'm glad I could squeeze in that little bit about Rand Paul. Guys, Christmas is around the corner, so if you celebrate Christmas, I hope that you have a joyous and a merry Christmas. I really do. Especially those of you who are Christian, um, who are celebrating it as the birth of Christ, as weird and, um, what's the word, as weird and Constantine as it is. Uh, because, uh, let's face it, this was a holiday that was chosen to be recognized on this day, from this point, taken from pagan winter solstice and all that. Now there's those of you who are winter solstice celebrators, and that's great too. And if you're Jewish, I, I definitely hope that you had a happy Hanukkah. And if you're somebody that does the Kwanzaa, I hope that you had a happy Mary, whatever you're supposed to have with Kwanzaa. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. Kwanzaa's the least I know about <laughs> about the holidays. The least that I know, but it's the holiday season. I hope you're having a good one. I hope you're getting ready to close out your year. Next week's episode is going to be a crammed, jam-packed year in review. So brace yourselves for that, uh, for sure. Uh, and between now and then, I hope you all. Enjoy yourselves. I mean, really enjoy the. It's we're we're wrapping up a year. Twenty seventeen is going to be in the books. We didn't die. We we didn't die. We made it. We made it another year. The world somehow did not catch fire and obliterate itself yet again. And it's amazing every year that the Earth does that because all of us humans are insane and at each other's throats. And it's amazing that we're still here, self-sustaining this thing. And who knows how much longer it has left. Really. I mean, who really knows? But guys, I love you. Thank you for listening. 
Check out fritzcast.wordpress.com for the Star Wars review. If you missed it, my last blog entry, I believe, was a review as well of Glenn Beck's The Immortal Nicholas. Very good book to read at this time. You can still pick it up and get it finished before Christmas. It's it's that much of an easy read. Uh, and, uh, hey, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at FritzQS. On Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast. And, as always, it's FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com if you need to get in touch with me. Love, peace, chicken grease, and I'll see you next Friday. <laughs>